It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. This is a podcast that touches everything franchising. Exciting podcast today, but before I tell you about that, in case you don't know who I am, my name is Tom Scarta. I'm a franchise consultant, been consulting for 15 years. I've owned and operated my own franchises, did really well in my first one, totally failed in my second one, but that's what made me a franchise expert. I wrote all about it in my book called Franchise Savvy, and so I help people understand if franchising is for them or not. It's not for everyone, and I have someone who's been doing it even longer than me. My buddy Jeff Schaeferitz is on the podcast with me today. Jeff has been in franchising since he got out of college, so it's um, about 25 years, although he doesn't look that old. He um, worked for um, all sorts of outfits that you know, and not that I want to read his bio to you, but we'll talk about all of this. Jeff shares his knowledge from all of his experience in franchising. He's also owned and operated his own franchises, so just a wealth of information. And he has worked with the Athlete's Foot back in the uh, early 2000s, a brand that you may know. And Jeff is also a mega sports enthusiast, which we'll also probably talk about here a little bit today. So, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Tom, thanks so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. I've been wanting to come on. I, I, I'm excited, elated to come on to the, the podcast with you. Elated? That sounds like an SAT word to me. It is. An SAT. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the only SAT word I got right. <laughs> That's why I remember. Right. Hence, we're in franchising instead. What the heck? It's, well, yeah, it, I, it's crazy. 15 years uh, we've known each other. so that's... Right, right. Yeah, we first met in 2005 at the Franchise meeting. It was, it was um, the five-year anniversary, and it was, a, uh, it was my first conference, but it was a black tie affair. I had to rent a tuxedo. And I was like, man, do we have to do this like every conference? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good thing we didn't. I, I can't believe I've been here longer than you, actually, uh, which is amazing. I started year two. I've been a franchise. I've been, been around forever. So Wow. Yeah. What year did you start with franchise? 2002, April. 2002. Oh, my yeah. God. So I, I had just – so in 2000, I bought Maui Wowie Smoothies – through Carol, who, who was working with Franchise at the time. So for the list, so the people listening, Franchise is a franchise consulting group, and there's about 70 of us around the country that are handpicked because of our franchise expertise and experience. You can't buy in. It's not a franchise itself, but we're actually handpicked, which I'm really proud of. And so we work with folks all over the country, but they act – as Franchise acts as kind of the back end to what we do. They take care of the relationships with the franchisors. They do the pre-screening. They handle all the legal work, all that kind of stuff that I don't like to deal with at all. Yeah. And then Jeff and I are out on the front lines talking to people that are frustrated with their career, people that cringe at the thought of going to work in the morning, people that want to diversify their investments, whatever it might be, whatever the reason is, we help people figure out if it's for them and if it is, which is the right concept. So not to take time away, Jeff, but tell us a little bit about your experience. I mean, people, let me ask you this quick question. Does anybody ever ask you what's the hottest franchise out there? 
Yeah, and um, I've talked to so many people, uh, the consultants and friends, and it's such a funny question to me coming from the industry because it doesn't really matter if it's hot or trendy if it doesn't fit your skill sets and your investment parameters and all of the characteristics you want from a business. So um, sometimes trendy is okay, sometimes it's not okay, but ultimately the business has to work for you. And I can tell you there are a lot of businesses I know for sure that are popular brands, even if they're good companies, if I ran them, it would be a disaster. <laughs> you, right. you know, I know my limitations and what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. So, right. Or what you want to do and not want to do with, with your days. I mean, that, that's a big thing. I mean, whenever somebody asks me that question, I always say, well, it's kind of like, you know, it's subjective. It's like saying who is the best looking person in Hollywood? I don't know. Some people like blondes. Some people like brunettes. Some people like people who cook. People like other things. You know, it's like, it's so hard to determine because it's a personal thing, just like a franchise. You know, when we had our Super Suppers franchise, it is a place where people made meals in bulk. So they would come to our location, make meals, take them home and freeze them on days when they're busy, they would throw it in the oven, have a home cooked meal. So by virtue of that business model, we had to work nights and weekends. I didn't think about that going into it. It was like, all of a sudden we're in it and we're like, wow, we want to be home with the kids you know, and they're home, they're home watching Friends and Seinfeld on Thursday night. It was going back a long time ago. And we are in the damn store helping customers. That's the worst. I, I use that all the time. You know, I'll be on the phone with a, an engineer, an accountant, and, you know, hey, uh, you know, what hours, you know, do you, do you want to work? Well, well, Monday through Friday, you know, normal business hours. I don't mind working hard, though. You know, but, you know, kind of want, want my weekends and evenings free. And, you know, uh, what kinds of employees are you, you know, most comfortable? Well, white collar employees, I, that's it. That's the only type of employees. And yet they're asking me about this new pizza place that if they brought it from Chicago to Michigan, you know, it would kill it. And I'm like, it might kill it, but it's going to kill you. <laughs> and, and you're going to be really, really unhappy. And it's not going to kill it because you're not going to want to be there when you need to be there, basically. So Right. Well said, Jeff. I mean, the, the thing, I mean, um, we owned uh, the first smoothie, fr the first franchise we owned was Maui Waui Smoothies. And we sold it in 2005. Somewhere around 2012 or something like that, someone opened up a Maui Waui Smoothie store here in my town you know, on Long Island where I live. Oh. So we went there. They have great smoothies, by the way. Um, and so I was talking to the owner. I didn't say who I was. And I, I just asked a simple question. Why did you choose this franchise? And the lady just gushed. We love smoothies. We drink smoothies all the time. This is like the perfect thing for us. I'm like, okay, great. Good luck. And as we walked out, I turned to my wife. I said, unfortunately, they're going to be out of business in less than yeah. a year. Yeah. And, and it was really only about nine months they closed up. It's crazy because it's not about what you love as a end user. It's about what you love to do in the business. That's what's important. What do you like to do when you wake up every day and go into work? Do you like talking with people? Do you like sales? Do you like, you know, uh, leading teams? You know, whatever it might be that you like, that's what, and you're good at, that's what you need to play to. Not, man, I love smoothies. <laughs> you know, that's, right. that's tough. I mean, 
I, let me let me help you find a business that can give you unlimited amount of smoothies. You right. can even buy your own smoothie machine I, yeah. with with this other business that's a better fit for you. So. Right. So funny, but that's the truth. I mean, my my number one um, thing to say to people is, whatever you do, don't become infatuated with the franchise. So many people, you know, you've probably had this experience where people, they're on vacation somewhere and they see something. They're like, oh, wow, there's nothing like that in my neighborhood. Yeah. Have you ever ran into that scenario? All the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I, it, 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 I literally yesterday, it was, no, not yesterday, it was Saturday. So Friday, um, I was on the phone with somebody and he booked a call with me and you know, I started the call and he said, well, I want to call on my friend. And it was, you know, the first conversation we had. And I'm telling them about what we do and how we operate. And, you know, he just said, you know, this isn't exciting me. I, I, I wanted you to excite me. And I go, how do you want me to excite you? Like, he, he wanted me to say to him, this is the hottest franchise and you need to buy this franchise because it would be unbelievable if you opened this franchise in your city. And the, I, I knew nothing about the gentleman. I didn't know how much money he had. I didn't know what his skill sets were. I didn't know what his interests were. I didn't know any characteristics that were important to him. But he wanted me to just tell him, hey, these are the three best franchises. And I said, hey, I, you know, I, if you want, I can tell you franchises, but that makes no sense because what's, you know, what's hot might be a horrible fit for you. So, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I would say that, um, you know, is frustrating sometimes is that they want, you know, people sometimes want a magic bullet and there is no magic bullet because as you said earlier, the same thing's not right for everybody, basically. No, so, you know, no, it's really not. And, and it's really tough to share that with people because you always hear the phrase, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. And that's true if you're working a job. But if you're running a business, a business is a lifestyle. It's not a job. And you'll end up hating it if, you're, if, if you are trying to pay your bills with whatever, you know, your hobby is or your passion or whatever. It's not the way to do it. No, for sure. And, and you know, there are times where something can work out, but, you know, it, it, it's really – rare, I would say. You don't want to mix your hobby with your business. You begin to really dislike your hobby. You know, you, you, you really do when you can't enjoy your hobby because that's when everybody else is doing it and you're in your business, basically. So you have no time to enjoy your hobby. You begin to really dislike your hobby at that point and, and it becomes frustrating. So it happens really quick. And even Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you finish. Well, I was going to say, you know, like um, this year, for, for example, a lot of the businesses that I think have been fantastic are the, um, the essential service franchises uh, that a lot of individuals are thriving in right now. And they didn't even think that was an opportunity when we started talking or they wouldn't have thought about it, but, but they were great fits. You know, uh, marketing is having people call them. They're leading teams. They're not swinging the hammer or whatever. And those things are doing, doing really, really well. 
plus it gives them more of a Monday through Friday lifestyle. So that's not right for everybody either, but it's just interesting because, you know, some of the things that do really well are the things that aren't sexy or trendy or, you know, uh, the, the hottest new thing around basically. Right. And, and it turns out that those are usually the best franchises to have are the things that are not sexy. Yeah. Um, and the, the non-sexy businesses are needed and not wanted. I always tell people at the beginning of our conversations that, you know, what you'll find as we work together is that the less sexy the business, the more money it makes. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and also understand that the businesses that we work with, for the most part, are manager-run businesses, meaning that you're the CEO and the CFO of the business. You're not doing the task, whatever it might be. Exactly. Some people get hung up on that too. Would, would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. And that's, that's the big thing. It, it, you know, it's really just a widget or a service or what have you. And at the end of the day, so it's whatever, you know, system works best for you. And, you know, it, it, you, you're not going to be the person, as I said, swinging the hammer or, you know, fixing the pipes or, you know, those kinds of things. You're the right. one who's directing everything and, and managing the, the team and those what I like about those opportunities too and and they're great storefront options as well but with those opportunities you also can grow with people and trucks and so instead of spending another three hundred thousand four hundred thousand dollars to open your second location you're putting another truck on the road you know you're hiring another one more employee you know maybe if you're growing really big you buy the territory next door but your infrastructure is already in place. You don't have to build out anything, you know, and, and, right. you know, um, I just think a, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities for in, in that, in that industry for those types of services. So. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so you were in your own business for a while. You had your own franchise. Is that right? Could you tell us about that? I did. And I will. Um, I, uh, basically uh, started Franchise in 2002. Around 2007, I really wanted an opportunity where I could uh, diversify and build, uh, build something without being there all the time, put a manager in place and manage the manager, but still do what I do. Because I, A, I love what I do and B, that's, you know, my primary income. And so I found a, uh, a fitness franchise that was designed to be manager run from the start. And, you know, I, not to say I didn't work at it, you know, I obviously, you know, I had to go there and make sure the culture was right. And the manager was doing a good job and oversee the marketing and the books, but I didn't need to be there, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five. So, you know, I was able to run the business and it was great. And, you know, I just, I had an opportunity five years later, I was up for renewal about to buy treadmills and the company uh, was looking to, uh, uh, buy some capital. They just uh, got some private equity money and they called me up and they, they said they wanted to buy my, my store. And I was like, fantastic. <laughs> you know, that, that, and that doesn't normally happen, but that does lead into something about business ownership that is different from a job, which is not only can you make money along the way, but hopefully at the end of the rainbow, you, you can sell it for more than you paid for it. And, you know, also realize a nice, you know, bit of equity and, and uh, have a, have a pot of gold, so to speak at the end of the rainbow. So that's what I was able to do. And it was really nice for me. 
So. And I think that's a really awesome distinction that you made because a lot of people don't understand that, that you're not going into business to replace your salary and it's just another job, but a business, you're really building equity. And so, you know, hopefully it will be paying you dividends throughout the time that you own it. But then at the end, you could sell it um, typically in general, not just in franchising, but in business in general. Sure. You'd sell it typically three times what your early, what your earnings are. Um, so if you're making, if you were clearing $100,000 a year, as an example, you should be able to sell that business for $300,000 plus FF&E, furnitures, fixtures, and equipment. So that's the reason why you do it. Um, aside from not having a boss, not having a commute, you know, all of those yeah. good things. <laughs> um, well, and, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, look, the reality is if you have a really good job and you're making money and you decide to go into business for yourself, you're probably going to take a step backwards, you know, your first year, year and a half, two years, but you're doing it to take several steps forwards because if, if you were doing it to replace your income that year, nobody would go into business for themselves. Right. right? But you, you're doing it so that three years down the road, five years down the road, you have the potential for a lot greater income, not a 2% raise. You, you have the potential to put people in place. So you're not trading time for dollars, like your job, they'll say you get two weeks, Tom, two weeks vacation. You know, that's, that's what you get. And, and, and so with the business, you're hopefully putting it in, in a position where you don't have to be there all the time. And then at the end, that the, the less income you took at the beginning, hopefully you've turned your business into a success and now you're cashing out and you've, you've got some significant money at the end. But you got to go through that pain. If you're going to leave your job and go full time, you got to go through that pain uh, early on to get the gain, you know, uh, down the road. So I'm laughing only because I'm thinking about when I was a brand new subway conductor, um, you would pick the runs that you would get and you pick your days off and you pick your vacation for the upcoming year. And I remember my first time going to pick my stuff. I had Tuesdays and Wednesdays off. And the guy said to me, I hope you like to ski. <laughs> and so I had like a week in February or something. Right. That, that was your week off. That's hilarious. That week. That, that's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Well, I knew I wasn't. Did now, Let me ask you about the subway. Because you actually, did you leave your job to, or, to run a business uh, or, or did something happen with the subway? Like I, I got into business because of 9-11 and there was a downsizing of, you know, this particular company I was with and they, they basically got rid of the franchise division. And so that's how I got into franchise, you know, to start with. Um, but did you, you actually left on your own accord, right? The yeah, I, I left the, um, you know, the government job with the pension and the whole thing, benefits and all, to, to follow my dream of business ownership. And, uh, and it worked out really well because I bought it in 2000. And in 2005, I had three strong locations open and operating. And uh, somebody bought me out. And I was literally able to semi-retire at 41 years old. That's awesome. 
And so it's like the American dream. I worked my butt off. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of 12 hour days in there. There was a lot of nights and weekends because we did a lot of special events like concerts and stuff. We did the NHL Islander games, which is, um, and we did also the Nets. If you're, I know you're a basketball guy. Love the Nets. (laughs) We played the Nets. We we, uh, did smoothies at the Net games and the Nassau Coliseum when they used to play there. That was probably pretty fun. I mean, I'm sure it gets old, but it was probably pretty fun, like giving out smoothies to people or, you know, when you were, I know you weren't working it all the time. You were like overseeing it, but you know. Yeah, I know. I used to love going, especially the concerts. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm a music guy, not really a sports guy. So we, we had Jones Beach Amphitheater, which was an outdoor theater literally on the Atlantic Ocean in Long Island. And, uh, you know, they would do 40 to 50 concerts a summer. It was literally nine minutes from my house, door to door. And we would get to um, be there for all the concerts. And then when um, intermission was over, we would shut down and we would clean up, count the money. Uh, and then we were allowed to go in and watch the show. That's awesome. Uh, which was great. And then I ended up, it was a clear channel. Now it's Live Nation venue i ended up becoming friendly with the people that ran it and i got you know tickets to do to go to shows all over the city just all sorts of perks and stuff so there's so much more and and some people that i met back then i'm still in touch with people that used to work for me are now married you know they, they worked for That's me cool. for their summer between high school and college and now they're married with two kids i mean it, it's it's just amazing one couple actually met working my business that's so cool now they're married if it wasn't for you they wouldn't be well, there if it was, but if for it, maui wowie you, you and maui about all that stuff right when you if if maui wowie didn't hook up with franchise if yeah. when you look backward i mean steve Jobs said it the best when you look backwards and connect the dots you realize life is amazing <laughs> so i'll tell you and i did one one maui wowie deal in my whole life and the person did really well, actually. 18 years ago, I did my first Maui Wowie deal. Wow. It was my first deal ever. It's the oh, wow. first deal I ever did in, in franchise. So I did a lot of business with the athlete's foot over the years. But it was my first deal I ever did in franchise with Maui Wowie. They, they did well. Uh, I just, for whatever reason, it didn't fit, you know, other people. But it's really interesting that, like, it goes, you know, all, all the way back, spans all the way back <laughs> to, yeah. to that time. Yeah, they're not even in the inventory anymore. I know the, the president and the owner sold the business two or three years ago. Um, now he owns Teriyaki Madness, uh, which also does well. But, um, yeah, long stories there, man. Good stories, some crazy stories, and some not-so-good stories, too. I'm not sure. everybody did well <laughs> at Maui Wowie. Because it was a special event type situation. You didn't have a store. You had these tiki huts on wheels that you had. It was on your, the onus was on you to get them into different spots, whether it was a street fair or for me, like I had the Jacob Javits Convention Center was like the flagship for the whole company. Um, We did extremely well there. See, that's the thing about a business like that too. Like you think of that and you're, you, you know, somebody might go to one of your events and say, oh, I really like this. I want to buy the, the, the franchise, even if they, it's not just because of the smoothie. Maybe they just love the idea of 
being in the events and the hustle and bustle. But what they don't realize is that you have to be the one because the, the, the company might do their best to try to help you get in locations, but you know, they, they, they can't necessarily do it all for you. And so if you're a shy person, if you're not willing to go out there and, you know, beat the bushes and get the best locations, you're going to struggle with that business. And, and so that's interesting to me too, because I don't know, you know, better than me about how good uh, uh, Maui Wowie ran and operations and things like that. But you were very successful because you hustled. And there are other people that probably weren't very successful because they didn't hustle. You know, they wanted the location to come to them. And that's not the type of, that's, there are businesses that might fit somebody like that better. But if you're not going to get out every day and, and work on getting into the best locations, you're going to have a tough time with that. Well, so. so well said. Absolutely, Jeff. And, and so, um, and, and by the way, if when I do my like disc profile or my uh, Myers-Briggs personality test, yeah. it says don't be a business owner or a salesperson. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is it was my baby. I wanted to do it. And that's what made me successful. And that's what is really the big difference in, in franchising or in business in general is that you can make it happen for yourself. I, I'm, a, I'm what, I, what I would refer to as, as a situational extrovert. I'm, I'm yeah. really introverted. But when I got to put food on the table, I get my butt in gear and I get out there. But really quick story I got to share with you on this topic. I think it really drives home the point. We, we're in the smoothie business. I think it's like 2002, 2003. We're doing great. We have really good friends. They come and they visit us at the location. And there I am, almost like, almost like Tom Cruise in Cocktail. I've got a Hawaiian shirt on. I'm making movies. Blenders flying, you know, and, and like having a ball. Got reggae music playing in the background. I mean, it's like, it's cool. And these that folks went out and bought a Maui Waui smoothie franchise in another state for themselves. And I was the number one franchisee at the time in the whole 200-unit system at, at, at that time. Um, and, and they just saw like things were going great. I bought a new car, you know, everything is like really cool on the outside. They bought the business and within a year, I don't even might've been less than a year. They were out of business. They walked away from it. So why, what happened? What they didn't see was me at the fruit distributor at seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, yeah. <laughs> you know? the back end of the business, yeah. which is where the business really happens. Absolutely. You know, so people have to take it to heart um, and, and understand really what it takes to run a business. Most people don't know what it takes. Right. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? right. But it's not like cheers. You walk in, Norm, and, you know, right. like, Tom, hey, I'm here to make some smoothies for you, right? Yeah. It's, right. It's not that. Not yeah. by the long shot. But there are really good fits for people that will be an easy transition where you could translate your skills from your business, you know, corporate America um, world and translate it or transfer it into your own business model, which is a franchise. And a franchise is just a business with training wheels. So you're plugging into their system, following the blueprint, and hopefully riding that bad boy to success. But you're working your butt off. Well, you know, the franchisor, and this is what I tell people all the time. 
there's obviously some franchisors are better than other franchisors, maybe in terms of support or what have you. But if they if there's a successful system and there's a lot of people who are successful in the system, you know, they're not the franchisor is not going to run the business for you. They're giving you the system and the support that they're giving you is how to run that system. It's not how to go get the business. Let me run it for you. Let me right. do the work for you. And so I think people, you know, sometimes forget about that, that the, the best franchise at McDonald's, if I, I would fail if I ran a McDonald's because that's not my type of business, but it, the best possible franchisor there is, if you're not a fit for it and it's not a good business, you're going to fail basically. Yeah. And, and that's the key to take away. And, and when I, when I'm working with people, I say, listen, I want you to call, you know, five to eight franchisees and I want the majority of them to be happy. Hopefully you don't want to have one happy one and seven unhappy ones. But if you had six happy franchisees who were doing well and two that weren't, and everybody's got the exact same tools, the exact same toolbox, then it's, does this system fit you? It, maybe it's the toolbox isn't right for you, but it's a good system. And those two are, are more like you or, you know, are those people knuckleheads and shouldn't be in business for themselves maybe because it's working for these other, it's these other six. Uh, if it's working, for, like I said, for two or one and not, you know, seven of them, then you don't want to be the lucky person, but it, just like anything, like any job, like any school, any sport, you're going to have 20% of people that are superstars. You're going to have 50 to 60% of people that are, average, a little bit above average, a little bit above, below average, you're going to have 20% of the people that aren't very good at all. And you've got to determine, you know, where you fit in, you know, with that and really do an honest assessment for yourself. And that's what we try to help, help people do basically is that honest assessment. So, right, right. We, we just really are facilitators in the process, but we help you kind of um, accelerate it and not have it overwhelm you. And I was just talking to a guy this afternoon. He's like, yeah, I've been, he, he, he got my name from somebody else who I spoke with in 2018. And, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm on the internet. I'm like, I can figure this out. And all of a sudden he said, I woke up. I was like, I can't figure this out. <laughs> How do you know what's good? What's not? He says, if I feel like I'm, it's just one big sign saying I'm a sucker and rip me off. <laughs> It's overwhelming. I mean, you literally could spend your whole life just looking at franchises, trying to find a franchise that's the right fit for you because there's right. thousands of them, you know, out there. And I can almost guarantee most of them aren't going to be the right fit for you, <laughs> you know, so, Absolutely. you know, that's the key. And it's, you know, it's a process. You don't want to just get excited and just jump into it. You want to get it, you know, like go through a process and really learn about the opportunity and learn what your role is going to be. And then talk to a bunch of franchise owners and make sure the supports there and the system, not, not just get enthusiastic because it was a good smoothie and I'm jumping in basically. Right. So true. So true. I this mean, great, Jeff, I, I really appreciate your time on this. This is some great golden nuggets. Um, yeah. Really good stuff. So, if, if, um, if you had like parting words of advice or if somebody's listening and they're thinking about looking at a franchise, um, what, what would be your advice to them right now in this moment? Well, I, you know, I, I think that 
using a franchise consultant is a, is a great way to go. Uh, but if you, if you're thinking about opening a business, just make sure that you give an honest assessment of yourself. Make sure that the, the roles that are needed to be successful, the main things for franchisees to be successful are the things that you're very comfortable doing and you're good at and you excel at. And then the second thing I would tell somebody is whatever you do, don't go into business undercapitalized. It's the number one reason people fail, in my opinion, because if you have enough money and you start out slow, you can correct your mistakes, keep going and, and grow a business. But if you open up your you know, hamburger shop and every penny went into opening it up and for whatever reason, you know, it you know, starts out a little slow, you still got to pay your rent, you still got to pay your debt service, you still need to market, you still need to pay your employees. And you just got to make sure you have enough working capital to make it work. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, um, we try to do is, is hook people up with funding companies and things of that nature to make sure that they're, you know, going into business adequately, basically. So. Right. Yeah. That's number one. What do you think? What do you think? I appreciate it. What do you think that the key is? The, the key is kind of along the same lines. Like you don't want to become infatuated with a franchise. Uh, just feel like, Oh, this is the one for me because I love, hamburgers or I love donuts or whatever. Um, a lot of times people come to me and they're like, Oh, I'm an accountant. So I should buy an H and R block. Right. Um, actually, no, one thing you don't need is H and R block because you're already an accountant. Um, so you gotta be careful about that. Just don't, don't become infatuated. Um, the hottest thing out there, um, is probably not the right thing, no matter who you are, because if you think about franchising, Franchising does not create the wheel. Franchising finds the niche and then systematizes it and then rolls it out across the country. McDonald's did not invent hamburgers. Amco did not invent transmissions. You know, um, Planet Fitness did not invent working out. You know, they just figured out a way to do it better. Yeah. Um, and, and so if you think like, oh, I'm going to get into that next hot cannabis franchise or the next hot uh, acai bowl franchise. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great advice. I really do. Um, one, one last thing on that, because you mentioned the account and the H and R block. I think I, I work with a lot of like it professionals and they all want to look at the it, you know, consulting franchises. And I'm always, I always say to them, like, do you enjoy business development? Uh, not really. That's not my specialty. Okay. Do you like managing teams who are doing, well, no, I'm just really good with technology and the IT companies don't want you <laughs> because they're not giving you jobs to do. You've got to go out and, you know, get customers and then you've got to, you know, hire staff to do the work. If you're doing the work, you're not growing the business. And so, that goes back to exactly what you said is, you know, if you're an accountant, you probably don't need H&R Block. So know? now you make me think of something else that I want to say before yeah. we end the podcast is that I was working with a guy last week and he's looking at, you know, a business opportunity. A business opportunity is not a franchise. Right. It's kind of a, in between a business and a franchise that, you know, you pay a fee, they give you um, a website or something, but there's no royalties. There's no support. 
they're, you know, that's it. You're done. You use your own name. You don't use their name. Yep. Um, and he said, yeah, but they got this powerful marketing where they're going to give me the customers. And then my, then my job is just to consult with them. And I said, you got to ask yourself a question. If they have this great marketing system, why would they need you? Why wouldn't they just hire a guy and say, you know, do the service that they do um, and, and not have to go through this whole rigmarole of, of you know, building a license agreement and, and all that kind of nonsense. It, think about it. The franchise company is not getting you customers. That's what you're there for in your community to either use your Rolodex or use your marketing skills or your connections or whatever it might be. Um, they do help on some accounts and in, in some franchises, they have national accounts where you automatically get um, a bunch of accounts when you sign up, but you, that's not your bread and butter. That's just icing. You really want, um, you got to really be able to do business development or you got to be able to talk to people. Yeah. I really think that's the key in a B2B franchise. I've just seen too much. It's it, people like B2B franchises because they're coming out of the corporate world and there's some low investment opportunities. And I love a lot of B2B franchises. I think there's some great ones. But what I tell everybody all the time is you, you have to be willing to go out and get the business. That's going to be your primary role early on, because if you're not going out and getting the business or you don't like that aspect, you're, you're going to struggle. Maybe we should look at a B2C franchise where it's more, you know, marketing driven versus business development, you know, driven. Right. Yeah, that's great advice for somebody because um, when you think about it, if you're looking at a business-to-business opportunity, a B2B, um, whatever it is, let's take commercial cleaning as an example, great B2B concept. Somebody's already cleaning the office, right? Your job is to go there and prove why you're better than the next guy. Right. So it's like an incumbent sale. You got to move that guy out of the box so you could get in. Um, that's that kind of sales, not for everybody. No, that's um, for sure. With the right franchise, you know, they have marketing materials that go out in advance and, and they warm it up for you or whatever. But still, it's going to be up to you to get in your car, drive to that location and speak to the building owner or the, or the building or the business owner or whoever it is um, and, and sell yourself. And, uh, for sure. and, you know, that's not a bad thing. That just means that you know that – if that's the kind of business that you want to be in, then this is what you're going to have to do to make it successful. And if that's not right for you, do something else. It's not good or bad. It just is what it is. And you need to know that before you get into that franchise and and drop a bunch of money on it. And and it doesn't mean the franchise isn't a good franchise. It doesn't mean they might have wonderful tools and support systems and things like that, but it's still in that type of opportunity in a B2B opportunity. It's still at the end of the day, you have to go get get customers, you know, and um, uh, and if that's something you're good at, that's great because there then there there's good options. So it's like you and I could do this all day because uh, right. over over eighteen and fifteen years, so many stories, um, unbelievable. But I love the fact that you, to me, I think a lot more courageous than I did. I mean, I was very nervous when I made my investment, which we talk about to people all the time about anxiety because it is when you get to the end, there's a lot of anxiety and you know, you, you, you have to gather all the facts and do your homework and be able to make an intelligent decision. But you know, even someone like myself, I had anxiety. So it's, it's, it's totally natural. And I'm that, that's what I do every day. But I, 
I even think what you did, giving up your job and going out and doing that is, is amazing. And one other point that I'm going to say about, about it as well is you, that business wasn't your only business. And so you knew I got to get out of corporate America. You went and you did a business. You were successful with that business. Then you did another business and it wasn't quite as successful, but it led you to Franchise, where again, you've been very successful. And, you know, if you had stayed in your, your job, you, you know, you would have been miserable forever. Uh, and you were willing to take the risk. And, and, you know, that's another thing I tell people sometimes is your first business doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to be, you know, the business that, oh, I'm buying this business because I don't have a million dollars to buy this business. Well, that's fine. First of all, you don't need a million dollars to run a really good business, but you know, you could do this type of business today, build it, run it, make it successful, sell it, or continue, put a manager in place and then go, you know, do another business. Your first business doesn't have to be your last business, but you need to take that jump into the first business to get there. Basically. Right. You need to take that leap. I share with everybody, your, your, your choice in franchising is not the choice between franchise A and franchise B. You heard me say this before. Your real choice is the choice be- between uncertainty or unhappiness. I love that quote, by the way. Thank you. And most people choose unhappiness. That's unfortunate. Our job is to help you choose uncertainty because that's where magic happens. That's where you're going to change your life. And that's where you're going to impact people around you like you can't even think and fathom sure. at this point in, in your life. But, Jeff, I want to thank you so much. Thank you. Wisdom. How could somebody get in touch with you uh, if they want to pick your brain a little bit? Uh, franchiseguidance.com. So my website is franchiseguidance, www.franchiseguidance.com. Franchiseguidance.com. And it's Jeff Schaeferts. And we both work with Franchoice, the back end of both of our businesses. And this is the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarter. Thanks for listening in. And uh, stay tuned for our next episode coming up right after this. I know you'll get a lot out of it. Thanks so much. And uh, Jeff, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration. 